0: Love a rugby league same-game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same-game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favourite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. <laughs> Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. All that is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRO All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, here for the Supercoach episode of the week, TLT, for around 21 Huge point of the season now because we're now looking for the final third of the year, the run home. We don't have any major buy rounds left. We don't have any mini big buy rounds left. It is just the weekly buys and back to normal. So all the Origin players are raring to go. It's a real big part of the season, but also a part of the season that probably some coaches even saw a little bit of last week where it's becoming really hard to move up now because we're in the final third and that's going to continue. So it's going to make your decisions even more important So we've got a really big podcast this week and it's going to focus on the run home especially because this is the start of the run home and it's also going to focus on a lot of trading. So we're only going to do a really quick run through of the best captaincy options for the games this weekend. We're not going to go through each one in detail, but we are going to do an extended trade discussion. Now this week, it's just going to be me on the podcast. There's not as much content this week, so I'm just going to jump on and do a solo one. I do have... Someone on this week to talk footy on the talk and Footy episode, so if you do like those ones as well that don't have the Supercoach, that'll be dropping as normal at the end of the week, around about Thursday afternoon, which should be a great one as well, because there's a lot to talk about in Rugby League, but for Supercoach, let's get stuck straight into it. Quick round review for round 20. One of those rounds where it was a a round that I thought that I would go better than what I did, I actually dropped a few spots, so... Pretty unfortunate, 12.39 I was on, so I thought that that would have been okay. Coming into that last that last day, I have to say, I was projected at like 14.30 or something. Lost like 200 points just having so many uh, Sharkies and Eels players especially because both of those games were absolute disasters for Sharks and Eels, so didn't quite pan out, but until then I was going alright. Kalen Ponga, VC loop, real easy captaincy, 137 points, ended up being the best score of the round. He's now 852,000, and boy, is he worth it. He is absolutely on fire at the moment. Five-round average, 110, three-round average of 121. Absolutely killing it. But SJ kept everyone in touch with the Ponger owners as well. So Sean Johnson at 135 points. It's going to be interesting with his uh, with his baby jewel I actually thought that he was going to be out last week, and that didn't end up happening. Uh, other than that, there was uh, a few big pods that were firing as well. My my boy Dom Young, who I never got to buy, who I always wanted to, threw up 109 points. Targo keeps going on, 108. We're going to chat about him a little bit later as well. Uh, big Greg Marju. I'm surprised that not more people are actually looking at Big Greg. He threw up 102 points, and he's now quietly got a five-round average of 90. So we ended up with 900-plus scores on the weekend, uh, and there was a lot of 90s as well. So it does look like that the big guns are starting to fire too. You had guys like Cary Grant coming through with a 95 And generally what does happen, we started to see it last round, but I think we're going to see it the next couple more. So when the big buy rounds are finished, when the origin period is finished more in particular, uh, you you do generally see this final third of the season, the guns really come out and fire most of the time. And that's something to keep in mind because certainly there's a few players who maybe over the origin period especially haven't been quite as good as what you hoped, some of the big stars, some of the big guns, but generally they, they come good. Uh, and there's some of those guys that we are going to talk about because you are looking at just buying players, obviously, for that final third. So sometimes it's nice to get some pods in for that. But even just having a look at last week, you can see some of the big guns coming um, right back up there. Like Valentine Holmes obviously started the season very quiet for his first half. Uh, in the last month of footy, he's, he's been absolutely on fire. And he threw up another 93 on the weekend. So he's one who's warming right into it. Um, Harry Grant's big score was... Really good to see because he looked pretty fresh on the weekend. He's another one who's been disappointing that will probably warm into it and have a bigger final third. And there's a few other of those guys as well. So uh, something just to keep in mind that with Origin over and with teams really firing to finish top four or top eight, uh, you're going to see some of the big guns, I think, in the last couple of months of footy really fire. Let's go straight into the trading, though, because this is going to be the biggest part of the podcast and it is what we have the most to talk about on as well. So let's look at the trading trends first of all. So market watch for this week, it's very, very, very interesting because it's obviously a week where we've got a few different big decisions to make for the run home. Traded out first of all, uh, Tino is the number one traded out player and obviously he's gotten the three-week suspension, so that's going to make things pretty tough. He's arguably the number one front row forward, so it is a pretty big decision to make. We don't have many rounds left coming into round 21 and finishing in round 27. I've gotten a lot of questions about Tino. Probably the most questions this week have been about, do I have to sell Tino? My answer on it has always been, it's very team specific. So ordinarily you would think, you know, you got to sell someone like Tino. It's $808,000 on your bench for three weeks. It's a front rower, which is in a position of huge upside. Uh, so most of the time you would sell. I certainly think if it was in the first couple of months of the season, it's an easy sell. You just get rid of him and you can get him back later after Origin and stuff. Uh, The little caveat now is, though, that we are heading towards a period where it is the final third of the season, and that throws up a few different factors. One of them is teams don't necessarily have a lot of trades left, uh, and the other one is teams don't have, uh, I guess, uh, other options in the front row forward spot that are really easy to use, and that's going to play a part in whether you can hold Tino or not. One of the things that I've said to a lot of teams is if you've got, say, four trades and under, then I would be looking to try and hold Tino. Reason being is because four trades, very, very little. Teams are running around with one trade at the moment. If you've got one trade, you know, don't use it to get rid of Tino. If you've got two trades, certainly don't use it to get rid of Tino. I think that you want to try at this point to conserve as many trades as you can and also get the players in that you really, really need. So, I mean, for example, you know, Nathan Cleary, Most teams will prioritise him. He's going to be a trade-in for most teams. Very few have already got him in. You're going to have injuries as well. You're also going to have other suspensions and things that pop up too. So you're going to have to account for all of that. So you are best to conserve as many trades as possible. But, you know, it's just a rough basis of around four trades. You might want to consider holding Tino for a few weeks. But the other thing to consider is, can you hold him? Because do you have anyone to play? Now, there are teams with uh, duels. If you've got, say... AFB there and, and Tappany in your second row forward that you can move up. Certainly just run with AFB and Tarpany starting each week, and then you can look at you know Tino being back in three, and you can conserve trades. AFB's got a buyer coming up. That's something that you're going to have to be aware of. Is it worth playing a bit of a pleb off your bench? Is it worth looking at uh, an AE? So do you have AE problems? If you don't have AE problems, next week when AFB's on a buy. Just take the AE and that'll probably be fine for a lot of teams with how they're set up if you set up well for the run home with no AE nightmares. So certainly those sort of teams, I think you can hold Tino and you probably should because, look, at the end of the day, he's performed very well and it's a trade that you don't need to make. And this leads us into some of the other things that I've seen asked about Tino. Should I trade Tino to Payne Haas? You know, that seems as a very sideways trade to me. And obviously Tino's out. But if you're a team that's going Tino to Payne Haas, but you do already have two other serviceable front rowers that you can start, then it's a wasted trade. Just don't even bother. But if you're going Tino to Payne Haas because you've only got one front rower that you can use and the other guy is a bench front rower that's going to get 10 points a game, then you have to do that trade. So certainly for those teams that need a front rower, you've got to trade Tino. But again, if you've got lots of trades, the opposite to the four-trade team scenario, Say you've got six, seven, eight trades. Certainly, if you've got more than eight trades, you're absolutely flying at the moment. Get rid of Tino. You know, you might even be able to buy him back later in the season if you've got some left and you've got nothing else to do with them. That's fine. So I do think it's very trade-specific on your numbers and how your team is set up as well. Mitchell Moses, second-most traded-out player. Uh, That makes complete sense. So I really loved getting in Moses, uh, and I think that he's worked really well for us. The people that got him in before he's big buy, certainly you cop that 17 if you got him earlier on for that Gold Coast game, but I mean, if you got him for that Newcastle game, you got 147, the bad 17, then the 130, 95, 89, or 118, he was just absolutely flying. Then he threw up a 41 against the Gold Coast on the weekend, which was super disappointing. The Moses to Cleary trade is one of the best trades that you can make this week. I'm all for it. I'm doing Moses to Cleary as well. The Eels uh, run isn't fantastic. The next two weeks they've got the Cowboys up in Townsville, and they've got Melbourne down in Melbourne. They do have a St. George game after that, though. That's going to be the real danger one. You know, that St. George game. Guys that are going out at the moment from the Eels side could go absolutely nuts. Moses is an easy one to get out, though, because he's obviously going straight to a clearing. and you need him for the run home. The other thing as well is that, obviously, the Eels have the last round of the season on a buy too. So, easy trade-out. Ronaldo Molotalo... Talk about disappointing, he just dropped $70,000 in value, he's only 524000 now, third most traded out player. The last two weeks have been awful. I am one of those people in the in the boat that got him in, you know, five weeks ago or whatever and just haven't really gotten much out of him. The last two weeks he's gone 9 and 19, which is abysmal, and he's played 80 minutes in both of those. It's terrible, absolutely terrible scoring, especially in round 19 when it was a, uh, a buy round and you thought that he was a premium option against the Tigers. Look, I'm going to be super controversial here. I don't think that he's a definitive trade-out for people. Uh, At the moment, he's in 21% of teams. I think that probably in the next fortnight, he's going to be in about 12%, 10% of teams even, because everyone's going to be trading him out. And I've got to say, it's it's a disappointing two weeks. He's got 147 break-even, but he's only 524,000. So the couple of things that I would say that make me pause on a a Ronaldo trade-out, one is that his value at 524,000 is really low. You know, he's... He's dropped 70000 just this week alone. Across the last few weeks, his value has plummeted. So you've lost a lot of value in actually trading him out. You have to actually use cash from somewhere else to get someone really good into your side. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be super sideways. The other thing, too, is that he does have a fantastic matchup this week against Manly. It's at Points Bet Stadium. The Sharks are going to be looking at bouncing back. And one thing that I think that we all get carried away with, including me, is that we always f- focus on a bit of recency bias where we say, oh, geez, he's going terrible. He is, but you know, if he's gone 19 and nine the last two weeks, is it likely that he's going to go that sort of score again? It's actually mathematically very unlikely that you're going to get a sub 60 score out of him again. He's probably going to go 60 plus this week. He does have a favorable, favorable matchup against Manly. It is at home round one against South. He went nine, nine points. And then he followed it up with a 60 to 70 and 96 and 82. Didn't actually score below 60, from Round 1 until Round 11, which was against Manly for 55. So, basically, story with Militalo is, I'm holding, because I think that it's no value in actually trading him out. Uh, and I actually think that he'll go well this week. I actually feel good about playing the Sharks this week, because they do a bounce back after the last couple of weeks, especially last week with the Warriors. They've made some team changes. And guys like Milatalo aren't just going to keep going along not scoring tries. You know, this is one of his biggest streaks that he's had where he's had no tries in a you know, Sharks jersey. You know, we've just gone two weeks in a row. Guess what? He hasn't gone two weeks in a row at all, all year. He's only missed one game where he hasn't got a try and then he's always scored at least one try the following week. So to miss two weeks is an anomaly. Um, after this week, I think people will say, look, the Sharks draw is hard. Look, Manly's not hard at home. Uh, Penrith away and Seaps away, that's two hard games. But then they go back to points at Stadium and they play the Titans. You yeah, know, then they're away... Against the Cowboys, yeah, that's tough. But you know what? Then they go to Newcastle. And Canberra in the last game of the season, Canberra can lead in points too. I don't think the Sharks draw is that bad. Uh, and the other thing I'll say with the Sharks too is that guys like Mulatala are really handy because he's not going to miss any bye weeks. You know, you've got the Warriors players. If you bring in a Warriors player from Mulatala, they're out next week. So that's that's a real consideration. If you bring, bring in a Bunnies player, you know, they're out the grand final week in round 26. You can't have too many Bunnies there is a big value point of having guys stay in your side that are going to play every game every week going forward now on this run home. So, I don't mean to talk up Mulatala too much. I'm really disappointed as much as anybody, but he's still averaging over 60 points a game. He's still got some big games in him, and I still think that he's going to have a big game this week. So, I'm all aboard holding him, and one general strategy thing that I'm doing with my centre wing, I'm someone who has hardly any trades left. So... What I am trying to not do is trade out centre wings because a lot of the time it can be chasing points, a lot of the time it's sideways trading, and I've I've got seven centre wings that I can rotate. I'd much rather hold trade and just rotate those seven centre wings and get the rest of my side sorted or have a trade up my sleeve if you know heaven forbid Nico Hines goes down to a season ending injury or, or Harry Grant goes down to a season ending injury. I need to replace these spine guys. That's much more important. I've already got centre wings there to rotate. If you don't like Militalo's matchup against Penrith the following week, just bench him because you should have other center wings that you can play. So, yeah, I'm all on the Militalo train as far as holding, and I think that he's bouncing back to a 60-plus week. Jemeno Osako and Tafare, the two Dolphins, they're both on buys this week. Uh, Osako's been disappointing. He's just lost 70K himself. I think those are better trade-outs. Obviously, they're not playing this week, so you know teams need to cash in. Um, Osako has been... Quite disappointing of late. As someone who doesn't own a Sarko and hasn't all year, I'm pretty happy with how that's panned out lately. Five-round average of 55, three-round average of 47. This is the Sarko that we're hoping to get. Uh, They do have some good games still coming up, notably next week against the Bulldogs. But in saying that, you know, at almost 600,000, it's pretty easy to trade him out. Moving along, Teague Wilton's injured, gone. Will Kennedy. I tell you what, I've got to say, five out of the ten most traded out players for this week in Market Watch are Sharks players. And after that drubbing, it kind of makes sense. Teague Wilkins injured, that makes sense. Will Kennedy has been very disappointing. Uh, I looked at him as an option. I'm glad that I didn't do it. He's gone the last five weeks 23, 53, 75, 51, and 26. There was always a worry that he wasn't going to have the big games in him. He still has only got the one tonne at 106 in round two. But he was scoring very consistently, you know, 70s, 80s. The problem is this Sharks run against the bad sides, he really hasn't come through. You know, Tigers 51 points, Bulldogs 53 points in that run. That's not great. So completely getting rid of someone like him. Um, But then number eight on this list, we have Nico Hines. This is what we're going to spend the most time talking about right now. Okay, the, the third most popular trade, almost the second most popular trade at the moment, is going Nico Hines to Nathan Cleary. I've got to say, I'm trying to be as nice about it as possible. It is absolutely insane. Absolutely, totally nuts to be trading out Nico Hines to anybody at the moment. I do not understand it, and the more I look at it, the more I don't understand it. I am someone who, as everybody that listens to this podcast knows, I like to look at all different options. I like to consider different players, different pod options, different ways of catching up. So I'm all on board with that. You know, Have a look at your different options and things. There's more ways to skin a cat and super coach than one. Look at all of them. But what you don't do is ever train out someone like Hines. There's other guns that you can look at training out and zagging against. Uh, but uh, look, one of the things that I urge everyone to do, when you're looking at training out some of these really big guns... Go on to Supercoach, look at the players, and look at the averages for the season. And that will probably put things into perspective quite a bit. Nico Hines is averaging 100 points per game plus. He is over 100 a game average. That's across 14 games. Aside from the 2021 outlier season, that is absolute insanity. People never average 100 plus in a season. That is how good he is going. He's the number one player in the game, not just halfback, the number one player. People are training him to Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary is averaging almost a full 17 points less than him just this season. I understand some of the arguments that people are making. I just don't agree at all. So one of the common ones with Hines as well is the Sharks have a really hard draw. I don't think it's really, really hard. And the other thing that I'd say is, you know, people bring up, oh, well, they don't beat top eight teams, they struggle. That doesn't matter to Nico. They got flogged last week by the Warriors. Absolutely flogged. He got sin-binned, and he still scored 70s. Like, that says how good he is. And if you're worried about the draw, I'll tell you what, Nico Hines, the Sharks across the last two seasons have won five games and lost 18... Uh, they've won five out of 18 games, sorry, against top eight sides, okay? Their record is abysmal. And across that period, both seasons, Nico Hines has been the best player and super coach. So... If you want to pretend that the matchups are really going to matter, just look at the numbers. They haven't mattered this year. They didn't matter last week when he got smashed by the Warriors. He still scored well. And last season, even if you want to hang your hat on that, Nico Hines, was the, he finished the season as the best player. He averaged almost 86 points a game. Nathan Cleary was just under 80 points a game. He was six points clearer Nathan Cleary last year. He's doing the same again this year, but by an even bigger margin. It's very it's very unusual for team for the top players and supercoach to be that far ahead of the pack. Nico is like 15 points better than anybody else this season. That is a massive difference. And it's just, it's a huge difference compared to, you know, even David Fafita is is almost 15 points below him. You know, after that, Scott Drinkwater, the, about the same. Then you've got Nathan Cleary at 17 points below him. Yeah, it is ridiculous how far in front Nico Hines is. And he has already shown across the last two years that absolutely no draw matters to him. The Sharks can lose to top eight teams all they like. Nico Hines is still going to score points. He has scored 60 plus 86% of the time. But more importantly, he has gone 70 plus in all of his games bar two. And those two games were 43 and 40. They're his lowest games. His next best score, uh, next lowest score after 43 points is 71 points. So he doesn't even have 60s. Nico's 70 plus. Yeah, Nico has gone 70 plus 86% of the time. That is ridiculous. That is great. And when you look at the fact that he already has six tons out of his 14 games, he's actually going 100 plus 40% of the time. And he's a genuine captaincy option this week against Manly at home. I will be captaining him, uh, and I think that he will be the top scorer this round. So a lot to consider there uh, about the numbers and everything, but at the end of the day, trading out Nico Hines, I think he's absolute suicide. You can't zag away from the best player in the game you can decide to choose a sideways option and hope that someone that's averaging 75 points a game only averages 70 and you can get an extra 5 points by going someone different, like Cody Walker versus Munster, but you don't trade out the guy that's averaging over 100 points a game and 15 points better than anybody else to get somebody 15 points worse because even if they underperform for the run home, they are still probably going to, at minimum, equal what, say, Nathan Cleary is going to do. And if that happens... You've just wasted a trade that you didn't need to waste, uh, and there's no upside in it at all. So I think it's absolutely insanity. There's no way I'd be doing it. Um, the next guy on the list, Talakai. You've got to trade him out, and Gutherson. Um, I think that Gutherson's quite a good trade-out. I will say, I do think that you can run with Gutherson for the rest of the run home. I don't think that you have to trade him out. But he is at very good value at over 900000 now, and at one hundred twenty-two break even He's going to stop dropping cash. He's going to start dropping cash, I should say. So it is an opportune time to get rid of him if you're going to. He doesn't play that last round either. Um, Tough couple of weeks this next two. Very scared of that St. George game, though. If I had a heap of eels and I needed to trade a heap of them out, uh, Gutho would probably be the one that I would hold out of most of them, certainly over a Moses, just because he hasn't got the ability to still score okay the next few weeks and in that Dragons game. He could go absolutely ballistic. So uh, understand the trade-out, though. Trading in. Always fun looking at the number one players coming into sides. Nathan Cleary is the number one player. Uh, I think that's a pretty no-brainer. I'll be going Mitchell Moses to Nathan Cleary. He's playing the Bulldogs. Uh, Probably the only thing that I would say to consider. I think that if he wasn't playing the Bulldogs, it would be really easy to wait a week, to be honest, because at the end of the day, he's coming back from a leg injury. He may very well not kick this game. Maybe he does. Who knows? But if he doesn't kick this game... Uh, and he ends up with a cogger on the bench or something, and they're up by a lot, maybe he has a rest. Uh, hamstring injuries are very tricky as well. You can re-aggravate them. They will precautionary take him off, even if there's just a small twinge. All those things can kind of happen, so there is some cause for concern a little bit, in that he's got 129 break-even, and there's a very good chance that he could come back and maybe only score you know, a 60 or something, and then was it really worth doing the trade this week? Um, the reason why I think it is for Moses owners like me is because Moses has a high break even anyway, but the big factor is that he's playing against the Bulldogs and against the Bulldogs, we saw the Broncos throw up a lot of points with them absolutely easily in the second half especially. You know, he could go over and just absolutely carve up his first game back and we do know that he's probably 100% healthy and raring to go because he was almost right for last week. So, you know, it's, it's an easy trade in, we talked about the no Nico to Cleary. We talked about Moses, an easy one to, to Cleary. What about SJ to Cleary? That's a question a lot of people are asking. prefer to hold Johnson if I could, but I think that this one is one that we're just not going to be able to answer until the season's over. Um, Johnson has gone way better than anyone else thought that he would. The thing that you would try and look at and go, well, you know, it, it should be easy is because he... Got a bit of an ankle twinge last week. There's a chance that he misses this week. And if he does, it's going to be two weeks on the sidelines because he's got the buy-in round 22. That should make it really easy. The thing with Johnson, though, unfortunately, is that he comes back in round 23 and has the Titans, the Tigers, the Seagulls, the Dragons, and the Dolphins. Now, after round 22, they have the best five-round draw to finish the season out of anyone. That Warriors side could absolutely carve up that five weeks. So 100%, um, Sean Johnson may very well match Cleary. I think that the problem is the the next two weeks are a bit iffy. So I would trade out. I think that the ideal scenario is if you've got lots of trades, you know, you could you could look at trading out Sean Johnson um, for a couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever, and, and even getting back in later on uh, if potentially you want to play a bit of halfback roulette. That's a, that's an option. I think that I, I'm always going to rate Nico Hines number one halfback, though. And his matchups don't even matter, as I said. And I think that Nathan Cleary has to be number two. So I would do the Sean Johnson the Cleary trade. I could see Sean Johnson outperforming uh, in the last five weeks of the season. The problem is that we've got seven weeks left. One's against Canberra, which he's iffy about, and the other one's a buy for him. So that's what makes him a, a trade out for me. We also have Latrell Mitchell coming back as a huge in for the South Sydney Rabbitohs playing the Broncos this week. Four point seven percent of coaches are trading him in, making him the second most traded in player for this week. I am much more hesitant on getting Latrell Mitchell straight in than what I am Nathan Cleary. So Latrell Mitchell also has a calf has a calf complaint. Um, that's something that can also like Cleary's hamstring reoccur pretty easily. But we all know that when Luttrell has a lot of time out, he generally takes some time to hit the ground running. We even saw it at the start of the year. You know, his first five weeks were okay without being great. 73, 62, 66, 34, and 67 points. I think i went 70-plus, one out of the first five games. So, you know, that's sort of a little bit of an indication, but we have seen it in past seasons as well. He hasn't played a game since around 12, and that's quite a long time off. It's two and a half months. Close to three months that he hasn't played a game of footy in. Uh, I tend to think that he will struggle a little bit coming back. They do have the Broncos this week at home. It's not the easiest matchup, although the Broncos have historically given up good points to Super Coach fullbacks. They then hit the Tigers. He's got 139 break even. Everyone, you know, I would be much more inclined to just watch him for this week and see what happens. Because if he throws up at 60, he's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, and also, if he you know aggravates a calf and stuff, you're going to see that this week. And it's not the best matchup. Wait for that Tigers matchup the following week because then you're coming in on a Tigers game where he, he should carve up if he's healthy. He's then got the Sharks, but then he's got the Dragons and the Knights. So three out of those four games are good. This is a perfect week for me to watch and see Latro Mitchell. I, I do not think it's highly likely at all that he's going to come in and carve up and score 120 points or anything. So it's not going to hurt you. And 100% he's going to be cheaper next week. You know, it's It's an easy watch and see week for me. I don't think that you have to do it. So I'm not on board with Trell straight away. Um I am on board you know for the run home, it's fine. Um but yeah, this week I, I'd actually be waiting. Fanuel Blake, you know, can't say too much about it because Tino is out obviously out, and if you need to trade Tino you've got Payne Haas and Fenewell Blake's an easy one at six hundred and fifty K with how he's going. Harry Grant, easy one as well. Um Payne Haas is an easy one, I think, for the run home. One thing that I will say with Payne Haas, though. He's got an 88 break even, and he's someone else who's coming back from an injury after a couple of weeks. Uh, he could he could very well be cheaper the next fortnight. He could very well play more limited minutes um, this week against South, um, and also the the is after that, the Cowboys after that, Power after that. They don't have the greatest run. The Brisbane Broncos. Uh, one of the nice things that they have is the next month of footy, but then they do have a buy there too. So they're not one of these teams that are going to go through the whole year and not have another buy still. They've still got one more left. They don't have the greatest run. I'm sure that Payne Haas is fairly match-up proof, but coming back from an injury and with an 88 break-even, I think it's pretty easy to wait. And I will throw out there, one of the other reasons I say to wait on some of these guys is because every time a week goes by in footy at this point when you're low on trades, you're going to negate some risk if you can get through it without injury. But there is always going to be risks that you cop another suspension or another injury and this is a week that you don't need pain house, perhaps. And next week you might get to it and go, you know what, I'm not gonna get big pain because I just caught two suspensions and an injury and I've got bigger problems to deal with than getting a uh, you know, ten points a game better front rower in than what I've already got. And those are the sort of decisions that you can make if you just leave it a week because it's not gonna hurt you too. So I, I certainly think you can wait on pain on as well, but he's a good run home candidate. Isaac Tango is a much more interesting discussion. So He's now $723,000. He is still a huge pod at 3%, and he's going to be a huge pod after this week still. He's now gone 108 and 118 for back-to-back tons. More importantly, he's now gone uh, a five-round average of 87 points a game and a three-round average of over 98 points a game. He has absolutely torn it up, and he's gone up a couple hundred thousand over the last few weeks. If you got onto him a month ago, you're doing great. A uh, couple of key issues with me forking out to buy him. If you're chasing points on a centre wing like him that has never shown the ability to go across a whole season before of sustained high scoring, then the chances are that he's, he's going to drop off in scoring for a couple of games, and you're going to get that couple of games now. You know, He is someone who has just gone on his best month of football all season. Um, he's also someone who averages 70s when Nathan Cleary hasn't played before. And when Nathan Cleary actually plays, he averages high 50s. So there is a big difference uh, in a correlation between Cleary playing and not playing on how much ball and opportunity Tango gets. So playing against the Dogs this week, I actually think that he will carve up still. The couple of weeks after that, though, he's going to play the Sharks and the Storm. That isn't the easiest couple of games for them. Um, the last month of footy is a bit better, but... It's it's a great buy for this week, you know, and certainly if you're looking at a, a pod buy, money's no object. You've got trades as well, especially. I, I wouldn't talk anybody out of Tango. I would just say brace for after this week that he might not be scoring as much and he might go back to a bit average, and it could be a real option to trade him out down the track after you get some games out of him. Couldn't talk anyone out of it, though. He's going fantastic, and one of the last things to consider on him, too, is that... I'll always throw the caveat in that if it's a young guy that we haven't seen many seasons out of, there's always a chance that they're taking the leap into being elite. Tango has the talent to do that. So maybe he does go on with it just because he's now developed into this, you know, top line centre that we've got in the competition. David Fafita is the next guy that's getting traded in, and I tell you what, he's the one guy I don't have that is scaring the shit out of me this week. It doesn't matter what matchup David Fafita has, he delivers all year. He's the second best player in the competition. So, common question at the moment is, is David Fafita a must-have? Can I skip David Fafita because I've got other problems? You can't skip David Fafita. He is a must-have. You absolutely have to get him in. The Titans draw isn't very good. They do have a lot of home games, but they've got a lot of tough matchups as well. It's not going to matter for him. It it, it has been amazing how consistent he has been for his 86 points a game this year. 87% of the time, he's gone 60-plus. But more importantly than that, If you take out his bench game in round 14, where he scored 16, he's actually gone 60-plus in every game, aside from one, which was 49 points against the Storm in round three. He's also rattled off uh, four tonnes in a row, but also six tonnes in a seven-game period, and that goes from round nine. From round nine to now, he's only got two games where he didn't score a ton, and only one of those was a game that he wasn't on the bench. Uh, it is absolutely remarkable. He's got to break him into 112. He may very well hit that this week. So he's matchup proof. One of the big things with him this season, we've spoken about it in months prior. He's scoring the tries that you normally expect, and he's getting some attack through that. But the the couple of big key points with him, he's really varied his clutch attack stats. So clutch attack stats are his try scoring, line breaks, but also his assists, and his passing has been a big factor. He's put. Khan Pereira away for a a number of tries this year or line breaks. That's been a big deal for him. He wasn't doing that before. His base is up to 47. He's a few points better on his actual base and his work rate. But his tackle, brush, and offloads are going to ensure that he's scoring 60-plus every game. That's what's getting him to 60-plus every single week. That's not going to change against the better sides. And we've seen it all year that it hasn't. He's still going to keep putting it up. He scored 100 against Parramatta in round 10. Um, he scored 121 versus the Broncos just a month ago. He scored 107 versus Canberra, who are in the top four now in round 18. He's, he's got the big scores in him regardless of who he plays. You know, it's it's remarkable how good he is. Him and Hines, you've you got to have those guys for the run home. So 100% get him in. And if you can't get him in this week like me, you're going to just have to clench, hope that he's under 100, and, and make sure that you plan for next week because you need the money to get him in next week. Tyrone Munro... Uh, he is a bit of enough option for people, and if he comes back, he'll make some money, but he's not named this week. Reese Walsh, uh, I'm going to say I don't like it. Uh, and look, it's it's a bit unfair on Walshy, because he's had a fantastic season. I really should like it. I feel like I've given him a lot of credit this year, though, and he absolutely burnt me for the first couple of months. But look, he's coming off his last game in round 17 versus the Titans, scoring 22 points in 80 minutes. That probably gives you an indication of uh, how low his floor can be as well. The bigger thing is I just I don't love his draw. I just don't love the Broncos' draw now. Uh, it's well documented how good the first couple of months of their draw was. It's a little bit harder now. So he's got, he's got the Bulldogs um, last week, which was a great matchup that he's now missed. He comes back for a South Sydney game. That's away as well. Uh, and then he comes into a Roosters game that's going to be at home. Probably a little bit easier with the way the Roosters are playing, sure. Uh, then he's away at Townsville for the Cowboys and at home versus Parramatta, and then he's got to buy. Then he goes away to GIO, which is a really hard trek for the Broncos to go to Canberra in a game that Canberra will probably have to win, and Melbourne in the last game of the season, which is obviously a hard game. The sides that they're playing at the moment for the balance of year, only one of them isn't in the top eight at the moment now, and that is the Sydney Roosters. And the Roosters may very well go on a run. I doubt it as a Roosters fan. I don't think they'll make the eight, but they're going to try. That's a really hard run. You know, no top eight, um, no non top eight teams other than the Roosters, and they got a round 25 by thrown in there as well. You know, I don't like that for a guy in Reese Walsh who has a raw base of 21 and has a floor of around 40 um, and can have the lowest scores like the 22 against the Titans in round 17. It's uh, it, It's a recipe for disaster for the end of this year. So, I'm not going him. I think that you're much better off waiting on a Latrell, or even getting a Luttrell in at support. If you're going Gutherson to, to Walsh, I'd probably just hold Gutherson. Uh, Drink water's another obvious one. Uh, the other thing that I would say too is that it might sound crazy, but if it's your second fullback option, I would almost sooner uh, put one of the center wing jewels in there, whether that's a, a Joey Manu for this week versus the Titans to move him in there and just play him as your second fullback, or whether it's uh, one of these other guys like a Ruben Garrick in your side, or whether you want to buy a value guy. we're going to talk about... A couple later on, someone like Meeny for the last month of the season. If Paps doesn't come back, is huge value at 500k at the moment. I just I can't get on board with Walsh, but he has proven me wrong this year, so we'll wait and see. Last guy is Kevin Munster. That's a real easy one, especially uh, playing the Knights this week. I'm pretty scared not to have him. I've decided to zag away from Munster and, and run with Cody instead. Uh, I've got Cody and Ponga as my six pretty worried about Munster versus Newcastle. I think that he'll do pretty well this week, but he only got a 65 last week, so uh, hopefully he can just be solid. We're now going to talk about some other trade options for the run home and for this week uh, and look at that for your end-of-season run. Before we do that, I do need to mention the fantastic sponsor and partner of the All-Stars podcast in Picklebet. Picklebet are a 100, uh, a 100% one of the best bookies that you can get on as far as the odds go. If you love your sport, they've got a great sporting uh, same-game multis that they've launched the last couple of months that are in there that a lot of people don't know are as good as anybody. They've got great odds, but they've also always been huge on e-gaming as well. Uh, their e-gaming is fantastic, and their racing as well. They've also got some really good offers that they throw out there too from time to time and promotional stuff. They had a really good one over Origin where they played You for the first try scorer, even if your first try scorer came in second, they still gave it to you. So that's another one that might be coming up again, but at the moment, you can sign up today and have a look, and when you do, make sure you use the affiliate code ALLSTARS or one word. So when you sign up on there, there'll be a spot that says affiliate code, that's the same as referral code. Make sure you put ALLSTARS down, and that way they'll know that you're one of our listeners, and they'll take great care of you, and there's some great promotional stuff they've got coming up too for everyone that I'm sure you'll see advertised, but... Also, the All-Stars Multi of the Week that we have up there as well. You can uh, uh, often find it under um, Outrights. So, if you go to the first game that's involved in it and go to Outrights, you'll see that on there. Now, unfortunately, I don't have the odds just yet, but I will say that we're going to go for the wingers this time. So, we're going big on the wingers. Um, This one is going to be the Rabbits to win with Johnston to score a try. Roosters to win with Tupo to score a try. And also... Sharks to win with Militalo to score a try. I know the Militaro supporters that are trading him out are going to think, wow, you know, I don't think he's going to score this week. That's why I'm trading him. I reckon those three wingers are going across the line. That's going to be live uh, by Thursday before the games kick off. Check it out in the Rabbits game. You'll see it under Outrights if you want to get on the NRL All Stars podcast. But you're going to get at least five or six to one odds on that, and I reckon it's a great one. I'm going to be throwing some money on it too. Just don't forget, though, sign up today and have a look at Picklebet. Go on picklebet.com because they are great, and you use the affiliate code ALLSTARS to sign up. Also, think, is this a bet that you really want to place for free and confidential support? Call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Right. Now, what other trades can we make? We've all looked at Market Watch Barnsley. We've all looked at all the big trade-ins and trade-outs. But what are some other ones that we can think about? What are some other ones that people aren't doing that we might be able to get ahead of the game on? Well, first of all, let's have a look at a few different pods. Now, people will say this in my roosters, love. And look, I don't love them this year, guys. Girls, I'm really upset about them. So <laughs> I've got no roosters in my team at the moment. Put it that way. None at all. James Sudesco 670000 at the moment. Uh, you can make $250,000 almost by going Gutherson down to Tedesco. It's a serious consideration for me this week. One of the things that I think that people have sort of forgotten about with the, uh, James Tedesco is that he has come alive over this origin period. Uh, over his last five games, he's got an 85 average, and he's done that with two tons in there, 118 and 118 back-to-back. He's also scored four out of his last five games, and two out of those five games have been doubles that he scored. He's on a try-scoring spree. Um, his base has been up. He's looked a lot better, even though the Roosters have gone badly. And I think that that's the thing to take away from it. You know, some of these games he's lost, obviously, uh, because the Roosters have lost most of their games this year. But he still scored really well. Uh, even against St. George uh where they ended up losing that game, he scored 118 points. You know, he backed it up with another 118 versus the Dogs, where they won. Really tough flogging that they copped against the Panthers, and he still scored 66. Uh, bad one of 32 against the Raiders. But then Manly, 89 points, and they lost by two in a low-scoring game where they only scored 16 points a game. So one of the things that I like over this run is that it hasn't mattered that the Roosters haven't been able to score points because Tedesco's still been a part of it. Uh, it also hasn't mattered that the Roosters haven't played well because Tedesco still scored well at 85 points a game. If you can do that 85 points a game going forward, then he's going to be one of the premium fullback options for the run home as your second fullback. I don't think he's going to be better than Latrell. Uh, I I doubt that he's going to be better than Drinkwater. They're probably the two best, but a lot of people aren't going to be able to buy Drinkwater, Uh, and maybe people are going to struggle to buy Luttrell. Uh, If you are going to buy him, this is the week, because he's playing the Titans. What I will say with the Roosters draw is there's a couple of good things with it. One of them is they've done all their buys now. So from here on out, they've got no buys. They're playing every single week, and for a premium position like fullback, that's super important because you can know that he's going to be a fullback that's playing every week. And the draw, playing a number of teams that aren't in the top eight over the final stretch. So from this week onwards, they've got the Gold Coast Titans, which is a good matchup. The Broncos, which is a bad matchup. But Teddy has one of his highest scores ever against the Broncos of 176 points. So that's when they're actually going well as well. I think it was either last year or the year before when they were actually traveling well. Then he goes to Manly uh, at home, though. And then he's got the Dolphins at home, so that's back-to-back weeks of really good games against non-top-eight teams. Parramatta, away, tough one. Then he's got the Tigers at home, premium matchup, and that Tigers matchup is an absolute killer if you don't own Teddy, because he always goes well against the Tigers, his old club, and as well as that, it is the grand final week for head-to-head games. So, something to really consider. Their real hard game is going to be Souths in the last game of the season. And, you know, I will throw out there, if Souths are going really well and they're solidified as a top two finish or something, then they may very well rest players. I'd be, I'd be shocked if they didn't rest someone like a uh, Cam Murray, Latrell Mitchell. i absolutely shocked. And the Roosters, conversely, may have to win that to scrape into eighth spot. Uh, so the, the Roosters draw, it isn't a Warriors draw. It's not as good as you can get, but it's pretty high up there and no one's talking about it because the Roosters are going terrible. Even when the Roosters go terrible, though, like I said, Tedesco has been scoring well for the last couple of months of football. So I'm going to be looking at him at 670,000. I think it's a really good option because he's averaging 63 points a game this year. Uh, I think the way a lot of people talk about Teddy, they think he's averaging 50. He's averaging 63. That's still going to be his lowest average as a Rooster by far. And what we do see with a lot of these guns, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, a lot of them will step up for this final third. They're refreshed. They're past origin it's time to go, it's time to win games for their side to try and play September 40. So you do see a lot of scores on averages for a season normalise and get higher and closer to what they've done before. At the moment, Teddy in the last few years has gone 84, 95, 87 and 79 and he's now got a 63 average. Uh, I think that he'll push back up to a 70 average. To do that, he's going to have to average high 70s to 80s for the duration of the year. And I think it's a possibility. So this week as well, he's also a vice-captain option because he's going to be playing earlier than some of the other options. But the last point on James Tedesco, he's only 10% owned. So he's in pod territory, and more people are actually going to sell him to put him into pod territory. I didn't see anyone buying him, and I see more people selling him to someone like a Latrell. So I think he's an option. Um, is there risk? Yes. Uh, but I do think that he can uh, come through and uh, be a bit of value as a second fullback. What other risks are there? Well... I wouldn't want to jump on very many because they're not going well Like for all the reasons I discussed. But one guy that th- threw out 122 points last week against the Storm in a game the Roosters did not go well, in, especially the second half, was Daniel Tupo. He's got a break-even a 9. This is a prime example of someone that you can put in for matchups and have it on your rotation because he doesn't have the lowest scores in him generally. He's got a, a 46 base-base attack, so that's a really good floor for a winger. And it hasn't really mattered that they haven't been scoring a huge amount of tries. His base is nice and solid, but he does have that good run. If you've got trades up your sleeve, he's got be of 9, 122. It's going to be in his rolling average for a couple of weeks, and he's only 525,000. So you could go from someone like a Sarko to a Tupo for a few weeks, make a heap of money and possibly average 75, 80 points over the next few weeks, and then punt him out if you've got trades. Uh, or you could just hold him. So, you know, if I had the trades... And I could trade Setter Wings out. I I would certainly target a Daniel Tubo. I think he's a special this week to look at another double against the Titans. Um, And certainly the rest of the draw is fairly favorable a lot of those weeks to throw him in and out. So he's a a decent rotational guy. I don't think there's many roosters that you can look at. Those two are definitely a couple of options. Tomoko's massive game against the the Dragons is largely forgotten now because they had the buy. Uh, but he scored 122 points in round 19, and he's only 505,000, another guy with a low BE of single figures at a three. So very similar to Tupo. If he can go on a run here, he scored three weeks in a row. Um, He's got the Warriors away, which is pretty hard this week, but I think if you look past that, three out of the next four after this week, it's good matchups. At home versus the Newcastle Knights and then the Tigers, that's a great two-week window. You bench him against the Melbourne Storm away, then at home, versus the Bulldogs. So after this week, three out of the four are fantastic matchups. Three of the best matchups you can have for him, and they're all at home at GIO as well, which is huge for them. So I could definitely see massive value at 505000 for Tomoko. He's also still a pot as well. Uh, and also to three-break even, again, if you're one of those lucky guys with trades, or if you don't have many trades and you're saving them and you get to that last couple of weeks and you've still got two left, you can trade him out for that last couple of weeks, you know, and make some money out of it. So I, I think that he's a decent option. Um, someone who's been a more popular talking point but not being purchased is Crichton. Now, everyone's going on to Isaac Tango. Um, a few people have gone, well, look, you know, Tango is expensive. Stephen Crichton's only 563000 with a 14-break even. He's gone 80 and 94 the last two weeks. He's got the Bulldogs this week at home. It's a great matchup. I like Stephen Crichton a lot less than some of these other options. Um, For me, Stephen Crichton has always been a guy that you purchase for one of two reasons. One, his huge value. Uh, I fondly remember, like I mentioned on Twitter, to a couple of people buying him at around 400k or sub 400k a year ago. That was great because you knew that you had value there. Um... The other time, as well as, he provides huge value when he's goal-kicking. Nathan Cleary is coming back. He's not going to be goal-kicking at all. Um, The last two weeks when he scored 94 and 80, he's had 35 in in scoring stats in both of those games with a try uh, across both of them and also the goal-kicking. That's not going to be there, so that's going to handicap him pretty significantly. He's never averaged 60-plus aside from 2022 where he averaged 60 points a game. Now, you can always go on runs. The problem is that this Bulldogs game at home is great, and then he has the Sharks... And then he has the Melbourne Storm. Then he has a couple of easier games, uh, Manly and the Titans, but then he hits Parramatta and the Cowboys to finish up. I just don't think that Crichton's got enough of the bigger scores in him. He does have 148 this year that he scored uh, four tries in against South, which was unbelievable. But a lot of his other games, you're going to get a lot of 40s and 30s in there with him. He only goes 60 plus, 36% of the time. That's pretty in line with what he does most years, so... I'm not huge on 7 Crichton. I just think there's more value and better matchup buys with some of the other players. Um, but one good thing that Penneth does have, like the Roosters, they don't have another buy in any of these rounds coming up, so they're going to play all the way through, which is great. If you have trades and you want to do some funky stuff, what's some big balls, pods, Barnsey that I can get in on and get out on real quick and maybe have a bit of a hit and run going? I'll tell you what. I invested in the RAV4, took it for a drive a few years ago, and it was one of the worst trades I ever made for big Michaeli Ravalawa. He uh, he came in for a buy round, scored like a 10 or something, and then got injured with a hamstring and was done for eight weeks or something like that. It was terrible. But Michaeli Ravalawa right now scored 145 points against the Canberra Raiders. Massive outlier. Um, he doesn't have very many games that he goes huge in, but he does have it in him. He's got a minus-17 break-even at just over $508,000. Playing at home versus the Tigers, and then at home at Win Stadium versus the Manly Seagulls. He's got a two-week window here where he could definitely score 80-plus, and he could even go bigger than that with a double because he looked sensational last week, absolutely terrorizing that side. He could do that against the Tigers very easily, especially this week. So, you know, all of a sudden, you've got a guy that's got a negative break-even that's $500,000. This is a big advantage that you've got if you've got trades. If you have trades up your sleeve, 10-plus trades especially, these are the sort of things that are really going to help you make up ground in weeks. It's really hard to make up ground. You've got to make some of these big calls. Doing a hit and run for two weeks with Raveloa, you Ravalawa, know, that's one of those uh, high-risk, high-upside reward plays. You know you're going to make big dollars out of it anyway. Uh, I would be very surprised if he doesn't go big this week, I think that he's going to go close to 100-plus versus the Tigers. That's going to make you a huge amount of money. His next break-even, is then going to have 145 and 100 in, in its rolling, and that's going to be a massive negative break-even, bigger than it is this week. So you could potentially score between 150 to 200 points in the next couple of weeks, and easily make $150,000-plus out of Mikaeli Ravalawa. then trade him out, because then they've got the Parramatta Eels away, South Sydney away, uh, Melbourne at home, Warriors away, and then their next good game is going to be the last round, which you're not going to hold him for. So if you've got trades, the round of four, go jump in, take it for a test drive for a couple of weeks, and then bring it back to the dealer for a good profit because I reckon it's a it's a huge pod play that no one's going to look at. Other value guys, I'm just going to mention one more. Nick Meany, uh, people have been really disappointed in lately. Uh, Before this last round, he went 37-41-58 for a three-round average in the 40s. It was very, very poor. What that means, though, is that he did come back last week with a better game of 72 points against the Roosters, but he comes into this one uh, with a nice matchup against Newcastle Knights at 531,000. That's pretty cheap uh, for a guy that's averaging 68 points for the season. And the rest of the Melbourne draw is quite favourable. They're another team that doesn't have another buy, which is what you're going to look for. Newcastle is a good matchup. The next couple, you know, Parramatta in Melbourne, not a great matchup still, um, and certainly Penrith the next week isn't good, but the last four weeks is what I'm looking at for the Melbourne Storm, and as someone who doesn't have very many Melbourne Storm players, really worry about this last month of football, because they're going to be battling to make sure they're in the top four, and they're going to have a last month of Canberra, uh, and that's going to be at home at Melbourne though, Uh, then they're going to have the Dragons, the Titans, those two weeks the Melbourne Storm players could go ballistic in, and then they're away versus the Broncos. So that last month is pretty decent. Um, certainly the Broncos one could be a bit harder, but that Dragons and Titans back-to-back, that's huge, and obviously he's got Newcastle this week. So when you're talking about rotation or centre wings, it would have been very hard a few weeks ago. You know, even, even a couple of months ago, if you paid close to $700,000 for him, it's hard to rotate those guys because you paid so much, you feel like you've got to play him every week. When he's closer to the five hundred k price point, that's a guy that you can only play 50% of the time going forward, and that works out perfectly with their draw because half the time here, he has absolutely brilliant matchups that he could definitely fire in. He's only scored two tons this year. One of the tons was against the Gold Coast Titans at 103 points, uh, and they haven't actually played the Dragons yet, but it's generally against the, the worst teams, he can put up a big score. And as long as Pappenhausen doesn't come back before the finals, uh, that last month will be great. It's just whether. Hapka does actually come back or not, that's going to be the bit of a risk there. Uh, but the, with the goal-kicking and playing full-back, um, he can definitely be looked at as a trade-in. And again, the guys with trades, the girls with trades, you can trade him out as well. You know, So if it doesn't work out, it's fine, you can get rid of him. But you always want to look at some value, and just for this week, he's a really good matchup up player as well. All right, captaincy, vice captaincy. I said that it's not going to be talking about team lists too much because we're going to focus on trades, and I wasn't lying. We have spent almost this entire team on this entire podcast, I should say, on trades. Let's have a look at the captaincy options. Uh, so, at the moment, I think there's a few key vice captaincy options: South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Broncos. Uh, if you're going to bring Latrell Mitchell in, uh, I don't think that he'll go big, but if you're vice captaining, obviously. It doesn't really matter because, you know, you've you got a better captain later in the week, so that's fine. I'm going for vice-captain Tedesco against the Titans myself because, again, it's an easy one. Maybe you can go 120 points again, uh, and that's going to be a nice loop if you've got a strong uh, team with no AE problems. Melbourne Storm has some interesting options. I'm just not sure that any of them can go real big enough or that I'm confident enough to vice-captain them versus Knights away. Uh, but then the big one, is going to be the two halfbacks. You know, what, should, what What decision do you make with Nathan Cleary and Nico Hines? I'll tell you straight away, my captaincy is straight on Nico Hines. Playing at home at points, bet bounce back week for the Sharks, playing against Manly. Uh, I'm all over Hines. He's played well against Manly before when they've been at full strength and playing away as well. You know, I've got no qualms putting the captaincy on him. My argument against Nathan Cleary, I think he's an option. So, look, if you're a team that's chasing, certainly if you're in a head-to-head that you must win, then maybe the pot option is to go Cleary, and you can certainly do it. Uh, I think the issue is, you know, they've got the best matchup, but it's Nathan Cleary's first game back. You don't know how that's going to be managed. You don't even know if there's an outside chance that he doesn't take all the goal kicking. Uh, you don't know if he's going to be pulled off or not until we get the final team list and see if someone like Hogger is going to be on the bench. I'd be surprised if Hogger isn't on the bench because, look, at the end of the day, they might want to rest him or they might be worried that he might twinge it again or something like that. It's, um, there's just a lot of unknowns with Cleary... Also hasn't played in in months. So it's been a long layoff for him as well, similar to Latrell. I just think it's going to be safer with Hines. Uh, but, you know, if you need a pod option, yeah, Cleary's probably it. So they're probably my picks for this week. Uh, we certainly have some harder matchups there as well. I'm sure some people are saying, Barnsley, you've got to love the Warriors still. I do love the Warriors, guys and girls. Love them. They're going great at the moment. I've given them heaps of credit the last few weeks. They may very well smash up Canberra uh, over in New Zealand problem is that there's the question marks on SJ carrying that ankle and also the, the birth of his child. I think that muddies the waters a little bit, and I wouldn't be confident enough in it. But, you know, if you did want to throw a VC in the Warriors, hey, I'm all for it, especially CNK, He's been killing it at the moment himself. Uh, scored 150-plus a couple of times this year already, and he's going to be playing this, the side that let him go back home to the Warriors that he was playing with last year, so he's probably going to have a bit of extra motivation. So he's definitely another VC option too that I'll, I'll throw out there. But that is the podcast for this week for SuperCoach. Thank you everyone for listening. I've tried to make it real fast and furious and down to the trading. Uh, hopefully that'll help a few people out or give them some options to think about. We we'll only back with the Talk and Footy podcast, as I said, that'll be up on Thursday, and that's going to be a great one just talking rugby league. You can find us on pretty much everywhere, but certainly Amazon, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, nrl underscore sc underscore allstars, and make sure you jump on picklebit.com, create an account today using the affiliate referral code allstars, all one word, so they can take great care of you as one of our listeners. Good luck with your teams this week. Good luck with Supercoach. Don't panic trade, and look forward to chatting more with Supercoach again with everyone next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Congratulations.